you need to address both the language barrier and the fact that the culture is different. So how you approach them, how you communicate with your potential customer is different. That's Ben Pines, the CMO of Elementor, the most advanced drag and drop page builder for WordPress. Design beautiful, professional websites faster and without code. Ben shares what it's been like building an open source, visual, drag and drop theme editor for WordPress and the challenges in scaling it to over 800,000 active installs worldwide in less than two years. This is Hack to Start, a podcast that focuses on amazing people with an interesting story or perspective to share and their insights on how they got to the level of success they have today. I'm Franco Variano, and today we're speaking with Ben Pines, the CMO of Elementor, a visual drag and drop theme builder that does it all and works on any theme. Ben joins us to share his story, how he got into startups, what it's been like growing Elementor from zero to over 800,000 active installs, some of the challenges of marketing a product to users worldwide, and much more. So let's get started. Hey, Ben. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hello, Franco. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited to have you. I'm a huge fan of what you're up to with Elementor. But before we dive into that, can you tell us more about yourself? Where are you from and what did you study? <laughs> I actually studied psychology in university. It was a mix of psychology and all the philosophy and all the literature and humanities. So uh, I came from a very different background. That was back in uh, 2005 when I finished my BA. And I actually started in content marketing uh, for websites. Then I progressed to an SEO firm and I managed uh, several projects there. And then I started my own business, which was like an affiliate business of creating, again, creating websites uh, that generated leads. And I kind of had a mixture of all the spectrum of uh, possible professions you might have have in the web industry. <laughs> so then you jump back. It started like, I think, 2006, maybe when I started this whole thing and uh, moved forward to 2016 when I jumped on board Elementor as the CMO. That's really cool. So what was it about the web and that type of technology that pushed you towards those roles in 2006? Well, I remember, I think it was middle of my degree. I think it was 2005, maybe, when I actually went to interview for a company in Israel where they focused on UI. It was one of the first companies and websites looked terrible. And they were a company that focused on the psychology and user experience. They were the only company that did it in Israel. So I kind of went to an interview and said, listen, I don't have any clue about this industry, but I feel passionate that I'll be good at the mixture of psychology and internet content, like internet uh, websites. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't take me. <laughs> I don't know which journey I, w I would have taken if uh, I got that job. But uh, I think that was always a passion of mine. Back then, it was really a new frontier. And in some ways, it still is. I mean, web design and uh, websites and mixing it up with psychology and creating the right message and the right branding. So that's still my passion. That's awesome. So you mentioned a few jobs and then launching your own company. Can you take us through some of those roles and then what pushed you into going out on your own and what some of the biggest lessons you learned from that phase of your career were? Well, the first job was as an SEO manager was really rather painstaking because I had a lot of clients 
as an agency, you always get more work, I would say, than uh, in an in-house firm. And you, you work more and you, you need to, because you have to juggle like several clients. And it's really a total admiration for, for people who, who do that. And uh, I actually started uh, doing that. It was really hard, you know, link building and content creation, doing everything, of course, talking to the customer. So you actually do all of that and you learn as you go how to, you know, manage everything, take a business from zero to something. So that was a huge challenge that really gave me my first steps into how you do that. As a freelancer, I still had to do all of that, those things only for my own projects. And I also had ton of other things that I had to do, like, you know, managing a business and all that side of things. So it's really plowing through all those tasks that bring you into, you know, some sort of uh, momentum and traction and uh, eventually success, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. And so today you're the CMO of Elementor. Can you start off by just telling us a little bit more about what Elementor is all about? Sure. So Elementor is a page builder. Now it's even more than that. It's a theme builder or site builder. You can design everything you want in your website in a visual way without using code. So your header, footer, your blog, your entire website, you can design it visually with a drag and drop interface that is really fast and responsive. The free version of Elementor, you get widgets and templates to do just about everything. And if you want to become more professional and do complete projects even faster, then you can uh, use the, the pro version and the difference between doing that and uh, creating a website with code or just uh, moving past the limitation of the theme. That's just a huge difference. So that's, I think, the short intro of, uh, of Elementor. So you actually joined the team at Elementor before the platform even existed. Can you tell us a bit more about how this happened? Before Elementor, the team actually created, was a theme company. So they created themes for about two years and I was one of the clients. So I created my own website using their themes and they really advanced for that time. And it's actually a funny story because when it was time to you know, renew my license, I went online to the site and saw that there was an opening. It was just after I sold my business and became a freelancer. So I said, okay, let that wait, however you call it. So I contacted them and yeah, and the rest is history. Really cool. So what was the first version of the platform like? And what was the vision for the product two years ago? I mentioned they were a theme company. And as a theme company, they had their own back end. They noticed that they created a lot of themes and every time you create a new theme, you get, you know, many client demands, change this. I want this from this theme, but I would prefer this. So it's a never ending story. So that that's what brought in the vision of creating actually a tool that will allow you to create any website design you can want to without coding visually like every other site builder platform apart from WordPress. So WordPress was really behind on that type of technology. And it seemed like the needed advancement for the 30% of all websites that are using uh, WordPress. So it's a huge, it was a huge potential. And that's why uh, we spent a year developing the right solution that, you know, that really gave a proper solution to every WordPress user. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge need, especially as you mentioned, since WordPress powers such a large percentage of the web today. So you guys have quickly grown from zero to over 800,000 users in just under two years. What have been some of the most effective channels and tactics that you've used to achieve that kind of growth? Well, you know, I, I'm just reading the book by Peter Thiel, do you know, Zero to One? Yeah, it's a great book. 
he's the founder of PayPal and uh, and he talks about like creating a technology that is 10x more advanced any other solution that is uh, out there and i think that's what we did first and foremost the product that we created actually filled a, a real need and still does so that's what we did then and that's what we try to do now always be 10 steps ahead of the game and delivering a solution that is first and foremost we think about the client you know we don't think about the competition we think about the client how to lead the market and that's how we that's a huge part of our marketing because a lot of our marketing revolves around just documenting what we are doing in the product in the best way so that means feature releases, we try to deliver them in, in the clearest way to our users, like explain to them exactly what new features they get that will help them in their daily tasks, which is a, kind of a, a challenge because if you look back at the page builder that we launched with two years ago, it was, I mean, it was fast and it gave you a lot more than other, uh, you know, free solutions. But if you compare it to what we have now, it's a hundredth of what we can do with, with the platform today. Yeah, it is completely different. And so on that note, you guys have just recently released Elementor 2.0, which is the theme builder, as you've mentioned. So how do you manage the various needs of everybody in the community around Elementor? Who's the target customer for this type of product? Well, that focus is truly important because there are different audiences and it's important to cater to the right ones, our first and foremost audience, which are designers and web professionals. So people either that are design oriented, create the most outstanding websites, or some web professionals are not, they don't create the most beautiful websites, but they do the job. Like So this, this is the audience that we cater for most. And along the way, we do come up with features that are important to developers. Like recently, we launched a developers API and code reference. So we do try to cater to various needs. But if you look at the core of how Elementor developed, it developed as a solution for someone who makes websites for a living. That makes sense. And maybe just diving into that a little bit more, Elementor has users from all over the world. So what are some of the biggest challenges in marketing to users who are international? Actually, that's a challenge that we keep on uh, thinking of and uh, deliberating on. So it's a multifaceted uh, challenge because you have first translators. Because we created Elementor, which is open source and free, we got a lot of help by the community. So there are now over 25 different languages that Elementor is available on. So you can download it from uh, French and Italian and Persian and uh, every language that you can kind of think of. And this is a focus that we are constantly continuing to think about. We created now a group, a Facebook group for translators. And we're constantly thinking about, about how to reach that global market, whether it's uh, WordCamps, uh, talking to YouTubers. In, in WordPress, it is a, a huge you know, challenge and opportunity because it is a, a worldwide phenomenon and it has its challenges. I mean, you, you need to address both the language barrier and the fact that the culture is different. So how you approach them, how you communicate with your potential customer is different. Having said all that, there's still a lot to be said about the American, the, the U.S. English-speaking market, which is, of course, leading everything. And you have, I would say, the most most influencers and most, I would say, uh, you know, websites are still English. So definitely a challenge for anyone who's an entrepreneur or a CMO that doesn't have a clear, a, an exact country that, that is designated to. Yeah, those are some big challenges. 
Are there any other processes that you guys have had to put into place in order to manage this kind of global growth? Actually, that part is, is kind of amazing because uh, I think today it's much easier to approach a global market than it used to be. And of course, one of the biggest challenges is a technical one, just, you know, aligning yourself to, you know, a global time zone. And that's something that, for instance, for us, we get over 100, maybe over 200 uh, support tickets every day. These uh, arrive 24-7. So we had to arrange to have the right support, not only in-house, but also all over the world. And here again, you have the challenge of languages and managing all that. But yeah, it's totally something that is possible and uh, so that's a huge challenge that every startup should should definitely think about. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool to hear about. And so over the last two years of growing Elementor, what have been some of the most exciting moments or projects that you've worked on? For me, actually, every uh, feature that we release is the most exciting thing because first of all, you have a deadline. So and in that deadline, you have to come up with all the things that people expect, whether it's a tutorial or an intro video and a post explaining what you're going to do and contact right uh, people so they can spread it out through their own uh, community. So that's a huge challenge that we had. Two of the main things that were most exciting for me was the launch of uh, the Pro, which was half a year after we actually launched the free version. And most more recently was the launch of our theme builder. It's like a, a release in progress because we released it a few weeks ago, but we're actually explaining about it and uh, showing people just how revolutionary it is in the, in the past few weeks and in the upcoming weeks. So that was exciting because for me as a WordPress user, I know the frustration that you get when you want to change something in your website and you can't because it's something in your theme. So people usually do is either pour in a lot of money to have the theme custom rebuilt and custom broken down by the developer, which produces its own challenges and challenges to maintain that in the future with updates and all that. Or they switch theme. So you get that back and forth. I'm choosing this theme and I switch to this theme just to change the block design. So these two solutions were a frustration that I used to work in a big agency with hundreds of employees, but still they had one developer who did all the customizations. The entire company basically had him doing all of the websites that generated the traffic. So with the theme builder, you can customize each and every one of those parts, including your blog. So think about it. If you create a new blog post and it gets the design from a template that you dynamically designed in Elementor in a visual way without coding, I think that's true revolution. And it's something that once you do it in the Elementor way, there's no turning back to, you know, opening up the single PHP file and start hacking away at code. Yeah, that's really, really cool. So you guys have come a long way in just two years and obviously continue to grow at a pretty quick pace. So what's next for Elementor in 2018? Where do you think the future of this industry is headed? Where we are headed right now is expanding, advancing the revolution that we created with Elementor 2.0 with the theme builder. So you can customize your blog and you can also customize your e-commerce, ACF pages. Every part of your website can be done visually. So that's the place that we're going. And that opens up a ton of possibilities. People that are using it get amazing feedback from designers and developers that they can utilize Elementor to work faster, complete whole pages and websites in much less time without having to code. That's the vision to reach, you know, the millions of uh, WordPress users 
and give them the best experience to design whatever they like. That's really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing what else you guys release and watching how the community continues to grow. Yeah, it's it's been a hell uh, you know a hell of a ride, and uh, I've met so many amazingly supportive people that have helped along the way, and hopefully we'll be able to do a lot more corporations like that. I think that empowering WordPress users is something that is important for the whole community and for communities outside of WordPress. I'm looking forward to, you know, cooperations with marketers and, uh, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs and anyone that today WordPress got an amazing name over the 15 years as the number one platform that people can use to own their own content so they can create their website and, you know, always be able to own their own content. And in recent years, people kind of diminished the importance of that because they found other uh, solutions that were more visual, more drag and drop, more fancy. And I think that what we are doing back the attention to WordPress and making it relevant to 2020 and, and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned Zero to One as a book you're currently reading. Are there any other resources, books, videos, blog posts, whatever that you'd recommend to other entrepreneurs out there? Well, I personally have one influencer that I, uh, he's kind of a, a smart guy, self-help person. So he, he has a, a YouTube channel. He's called Jordan Peterson and he's more uh, of a philosopher. So I'm not sure if it's right for all uh, entrepreneurs, but for me personally, it's been amazing because he talks about taking responsibility aspiring to the highest goal that you can reach. He does uh, these talks that explain what he means, referencing, you know, everything from uh, neural uh, science to Dostoevsky and the biblical uh, stories. So the connection that he makes with the history that we had and the future that is going to be, plus the actual message, which is take ownership and stop being resentful and take responsibility and do the best you can while still aspiring to everything you can achieve while dealing with, you know, the chaos that we deal with every day as marketers or as entrepreneurs. I think that's the best lesson. I probably watched like hundreds of hours of his lectures, so I definitely would recommend uh, checking him out. Cool. We'll definitely include a link to that so everyone listening can check it out. So we've discussed a lot of different things over the course of the episode. Do you have any last thoughts or words of advice to leave us with? I think focus is the most uh, important thing that like that's something that I've also tried to do recently in my personal life. I'm, I'm a father and I have two kids and I still think that designating one hour per day in your job and maybe in your personal life for something that is the most important to you, that's something that I think can be a true game changer in terms of motivation and uh, how you see that day as productive or not. Yeah, absolutely. Focus is very important now more than ever. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, we are bombarded with, it's a cliche now, but we are bombarded by Facebook and Netflix and uh, Google and things that, I mean, they're amazing. I use each and every tool of because they're fun, but it's easy to get lost with the detail and forget that unless every day you do something to add a skill or add something that, that gives you like experience with doing something, then you're not uh, progressing. You're just being a, like a consumer. That's really not enough if you want to be like a successful entrepreneur, a successful marketer. You really want to move forward. Absolutely. I couldn't think of a better way to end the episode. Ben, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. If 
you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd love to hear about it and have you share with friends. Find us on Facebook or Twitter at hack to start or drop us an email pay at hack to start.com. You can also subscribe to avoid missing any future episodes by finding hack to start on Apple podcasts, breaker audio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening.